Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, everybody, welcome to another episode of Abel and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, just when we thought football could not get any weirder, what a week it has been. We're recording this on a Tuesday, normally recorded on a Wednesday, but we came on early this week because we are so keen to get into this topic of what is going on, this developing situation. The chances are everything we say in the next 20 minutes will not be relevant tomorrow, but who knows? <laughs> who cares? It's worth discussing and it's worth talking about. Before we get into it, all the ammo, um, we're going to brush over the football match in a minute. But how, how's the week been? What's been going on? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. No one cares about what happened in my week. We need to get straight into this. Um, <laughs> I am like uh, a fly around <laughs> right now. Just <laughs> um, how are you? How are I'm you? good, man. I'm good. Can't complain. Like just. Getting out and about and everything has been. Do you know what? Monday was great because I was working in work and we're like ripping out and refurbishing our office at the minute. So my job was to take a load of our office furniture that we've got and take it to a place like 45 minutes away from our office. So I spent the entire day in a van listening to talk sports. It was great. Just got to catch up on everything that was going on as this whole situation was unfolding. So I can't complain at all. I feel like I'm well equipped to be talking about this situation now. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly. Yes, I um, I was at work, and I, I was I took about three breaks early just to, to, to kind of catch up on what was going on. So, yeah, I mean, Danny, where do we start? I mean, I, I'm hearing in the pipeline, I'm saying the pipeline. It was just before we come on here. I'm hearing in the pipeline that you're going to be kind of semi pro of what's going on. I, I, am I right or? Yeah, do you know what? We've got two guests coming on in a minute. Matthew Purchase, which has been on many a time before. Matthew Purchase is a massive Liverpool fan, follows them all over the country. So it'll be really, really interesting to hear his opinion on it. Uh, and then we've also got Padraig Cronin coming on as well. Uh, Padraig runs a podcast down in the south of Ireland. Huge Liverpool fan as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to get their opinions and especially not just 
the opinion of someone from the city, but also the opinion of someone with a more global reach of football, which is what uh, Liverpool and football has been all about. So it's going to be an interesting one. But yeah, I'm going to be more on the pro side of it. One, to cause debate, because it's always good to have debate. Um, and two, because <laughs> for me, do you know what? This is just billionaires arguing over who gets more money. And do you know what? I, I don't have a huge problem with this European Super League. I, I'm not, like, I, I don't like it. I don't want it to happen. But at the same time, I can see why they're doing it. And I think that's why I'm falling on the side of, of being pro to, to cause that discussion and also because I can see why they're doing it. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out over the next 40 minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, breaking in the last kind of hour or so, just before we come on, uh, Chelsea and Man City have dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, well, <laughs> Chelsea, you know, if you know your history, Chelsea have got no history anyway, so I don't know why they're, they, they were even considered in it. Yeah. Um, probably because they got a rich owner. Man City, like, come on. <laughs> they got to like, the first European Cup semi-final right last week, certainly. Like, they, uh, do you know, I can close my eyes and they were in League One. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. even called League One. God knows what it was called. I, I don't know. Um, right. <laughs> where do we start, mate? I mean, this you is normally the lead the first half, I lead the second half. So you lead and tell me where to go with this because it's just like, I mean, I know people have probably heard me on uh, national radio giving off um, over yeah. the last few days. I've been that, not that angry about it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say where to start. Give me your counter arguments. What I will say before you start, Danny, is that I heard someone say um, that. What is what they've suggested is practically been going on in football anyway over the last twenty years. Mm. Only no one kind of says anything about it, and um, because it's kind of overshadowed because of um, any team can get some money in and become good. Perfect examples being Chelsea and being Man City. Yeah, but then you obviously, in my opinion, take away the integrity of a Leicester City story. But I mean, let me hear your. I have to hear your your views because. I just want to, if you make me a little bit angry, I'll come out with something better, I think. <laughs> and I think we'll we'll go through all this and we'll be able to discuss it all in depth because I think you made a really good point there of, of yes, this whole European Super League is starting up and all the rest of it. But the thing that is frustrating most people with this is the fact that of the teams that are involved. And I think that is one of the big frustrations for everyone, myself included, is that how can you say we're going to create a European Super League with a team like Man City that have never, ever reached a European Cup final before, with the likes of Spurs who have only ever reached one and lost and aren't even going to make it into Europe this season. Same with Arsenal, teams like that. There's a lot of debate around that that we're going to go into within this. My side, sitting on the, the pro side of it, would be twofold, really. I think... A big part of it is because, as many of you heard when I went off on a rant a little while ago on a previous podcast, I hate the FA with a passion. The FA, the UEFA, FIFA, all of those companies, one of the big things that UEFA have done, which a lot of people are starting to read about and know about now that this has all came out, is the fact that they have tweaked the Champions League come next season. So they've started to add in wild cards. So they've started to add in this option that if Liverpool next season play in the Premier League and finish ninth like Arsenal are probably going to do this season because of who they are and the money that they bring into the Champions League. They get given a wild card and are allowed to jump in the Champions League anyway. So it's basically a European Super League in that form. 
So that's the frustration. So they've done that, brought that in under the carpet and also changed the money structure. So actually UEFA get more money for the Champions League and clubs like ours get less for competing at the highest level, which stops us from bringing in big transfers. So I can understand why billionaires are going, oh, wait there, we'll do it ourselves. Because UEFA have thought to themselves, well, we can do this because if you don't like it, what are you going to do? There's nowhere else you can go. Just like I was saying with the FA a while ago, if you don't want to be in the FA and you don't want to abide by the FA's rules and money structures, tough luck because there's nowhere else you can go because they have the monopoly on the sport. And these billionaires have gone, do you know what? Actually, we're going to challenge it on this. And to a certain extent, I applaud them for that. It's greedy. It's horrible what's going on. But I think it's been made out that UEFA is this lovely little family club and sort of all these scary bad billionaires have come in and they've the robbing this family business of UEFA um, from getting the from getting paid and getting a good a good competition a good friendly competition that goes on it's not it's a group of billionaires fighting with a group of corrupt billionaires over what money goes in what pocket and that's all there is <laughs> right Danny I mean good good argument for such and I can't really argue what you're saying and I, I agree with what you're saying and you what you're kind of saying is it's a double-edged sword and no matter what format gets Printed out, it's going to be a double edged sword. Whatever goes on, the fans get screwed, and that's all there is to it. But what I would say is, in the format that we're in at the moment, that, that may be true. But even to get the, the smaller portion of the fortunes or whatever you want to make it, you know, teams like Leicester City, West Ham United, you know, team, you know, small clubs like, like, like I say small clubs, I don't mean to be disrespectful, no, small clubs like Arsenal, they haven't been there for years, you know, these yeah. teams that want to dream of being in the Champions League and, and play and protest their stuff against these top, top teams. And it just takes away the, the dreams of all these clubs. And I think, you know, what's the point in playing football if you, you know, no relegation? What? what? That, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, we often slag Everton Football Club, and rightfully so, but they've been the longest serving team in the top flight. Yeah. They haven't been relegated. Do you know what I want? That, that's a good achievement, you know, because <laughs> they've had some pitch ball teams, you know. Um, but what my argument is this: is that we're all football fans. You'll, you'll never see Liverpool fans, United fans, you know, United, not anything. And this is United, Liverpool, Liverpool, United fans. What does that tell you? For me, Danny, I get what you're saying, but for me, it's, it's so much more about all the other teams um, and obviously the money that, that filters out. Now I know that I know they did say that they were going to filter money out in this European Super League crap, but I mean, no, no. Um, at the end of the day, the fact that Burnley can go and beat Liverpool Anfield is so special. You know, the fact that a Burnley could put three or four results together and get Europa League is special. You know what I mean? It might not be special to Liverpool because you know we we we've discussed not potentially being in Europa League. That is where a really successful team, but it takes away the dream. I remember in, in, in my lifetime that I can remember. I remember Fulham having a run in the Europa League. I think they got to like the semi-finals. I remember Middlesbrough getting to the final. Yeah, like what a time it was for those fans. A huge club, you know, with the fan base. Back in the day, I remember Newcastle being in the Champions League. You know what I mean? And it takes away, for me, the footballer's, you know, football fan and even a footballer's dream of achieving these type of things. Because if you if you just give the same big clubs, we, you could you could argue all day whether they should be in it or not. You know, you can't really argue against Liverpool and against Manchester United being in it. You know what I mean? Or in recent years, Chelsea. But Arsenal and Spurs? Yeah. Seriously? Like, come on, like, no chance. Um, 
I just for me it's more about the integrity of the sport and, and uh, athletes competing to for a chance to win something. Now I know what everyone could win the you know the, the this European Super League and that could be something but if you're playing Real Madrid every other weekend, it's not gonna be as appealing. It's really not. Let's yeah. be honest. If you're playing Juventus every every other week, it's not appealing. And, and that's just simple as that. I don't need to go into detail. It's obvious why. Yeah, um, I think we like seeing the big games, and that's the thing is that we enjoy seeing them. But I think, as you said, it's the integrity of the sport, and that's the thing is that you we don't we don't necessarily like watching Liverpool versus Slavia Prague on a on a two leg in a group stage. It's not the most exciting game in the world, but but you know what it does for that club. You know how it helps that club. You know how it helps their league to be able to promote young talent, and that and that's the big issue there is one, as you said, the integrity of the teams. Surely, based on history over the last 10 years for the European Super League, Leicester City deserve to be in there more than Arsenal deserve to be in there. So so how do they go about... The only way they've gone about deciding this is by the, by money, by who's got the most money, basically, um, and the clout within a club. So that's, that's a big, contentious issue, uh, and that's what's causing a lot of problems. One thing I have to mention, it, it's the clubs going behind um, the backs of all the other clubs. Yeah. This is what it's the arrogance to think that they've got the right to do that. Um, doesn't matter who you are at the end of the day. Liverpool Football Club is nothing without every other team. Mm. Doesn't matter, yeah, you know, without the competitiveness of playing football. We haven't got a god given right to be in Europe every year. We could miss out on Europe this year, we could. And yeah. you know what? It'll hurt and it'll be awful, and there'll be some stick and banter. But isn't that what it's all about? Imagine we were guaranteed to be in it. Now, this wild card thing, I've not heard about it, I don't know the intent of it. I can see. The idea of it, you know, I, I know, I mean, I, I know you're not a, a massive tennis, as big a tennis fan as me. They have it in tennis, but that's because the players are injured. Yeah. You know, and you could argue maybe a team gets loads of injuries like Liverpool. So maybe if they're the full strength team out, they would be in it. You know, that, that I can see that argument to your point. And if it's only a couple, then you know, a lot of tennis fans have these wild cards because otherwise the top players wouldn't be in it. You know, Roger Pedders had them in the past and stuff like that. I'm only using that example is because mm. it's it's how we can use it and that's how it's probably similar to that. I get that idea. Um, but for me, it's just a big club saying, Do you know what? Without us, you're nothing. Yeah. Without us, it's not as big, it's not a bigger draw. So give us A, B, and C. And then UEFA and the Champions League and the Premier League for that matter said, No, nah, we run this, we do it all way, the FA as well. We do it this way, and those clubs are nah, because you know, the Premier League's only massive because of Liverpool, because of Man United, because of Chelsea, recently City. No, OK, yes, there's, a, there's an argument to be said, yes, it is big because of them. But it's also big because of relegation battles. It's also big because in this era of Pep Guardiola playing football from the back, you've got Burnley to come in and throw the long ball. You had Stoke for years to throw the long ball. Do you know? Yeah. It's not all about this pretty football and everyone wanting to be like Man City. It's, it's not. Because if it was, it would be boring. And yeah. if you were guaranteed to be in Europe every season, it would get born. It'd be pointless. It would yeah. be absolutely pointless. So for me, you're taking away the dream of all these clubs. And yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what um, Padraig and Matthew say. But for me, I'm so anti it. And I'm ashamed that my club got behind it. Now, I know it's not the manager or the players, but I'm ashamed. Um, but I think, as I said on national radio, this is what's wrong with the world. The rich want to stay richer. Mm. And they they kind of control the rest of us, and it's sad because and we said it before. I think I've, I've said it all over social media the last twenty four forty eight hours. 
the power of the people is greater than the people in power. And that just demonstrates the fact that Chelsea and Man City have dropped out today. And I do think that following suit that Liverpool and the rest of the teams will start dropping out. And that's my opinion. And it will be, it's their way of going, right, you know, we could do this. Mm. Um, and they might have gained a little bit more money, maybe, in, in other bargaining tools. But it's not going to happen. Let me be very clear. It's not going to happen. And if it does, I'd be very tempted. And I know football fans are fickle, Danny. But I'd be very tempted to, to, to boycott my club. And I don't want to say that, but um, I'd be tempted because it just takes away the history. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, I know what you mean. And and I think I agree with you. It's never going to happen. All Everyone, UEFA, FIFA, the Premier League, the clubs themselves, have all got too much to lose by this actually going ahead. Um, and, and I talk about everyone because we say about, oh, well, those clubs are actually going to get more money. What it, what it does is it means that they have to become a bit like it, which, it, which is obviously, you can imagine, because of the American owners in all of these clubs, they're basically trying to make a MLS version, of a, but with really, really good teams, because the MLS is the same. There's no real relegation. You buy your way into the leagues, the same teams every season. They're trying to do that, but just with the top teams in the world. The problem with the MLS, as we see ourselves, is the fact that because they're trying to be so big and they have to be so good and put on a show, it means that all of their academies die. And Liverpool and Manchester United, Man City, Arsenal, Spurs, all the rest, they know that, that their academies will die a death. We already have very limited amounts of young people coming through our academies at the minute and making it into first-team football. It's going to be even worse. You're looking at one in well, a thousand lads getting in. If they let me make a point, Danny, sorry. Is that... I do believe that it was the FA that you hate that brought a rule in that you have to have a certain amount of homegrown players yeah. in your squad. So you can say what you want about the FA, and I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of it, I don't think anyone is. Um, and all those organisations are corrupt. I think FIFA made a statement yesterday about being FIFA was based on integrity and honesty. Yeah. <laughs> it's the biggest part of <laughs> in your life. But um, it's like, you know, if, let's play for argument. If you're Liverpool, and you've got 24, you know, Asian, African-based players that are better than 24 English players. You could argue that maybe Liverpool might play a few English players because they should, but the fact that there's a rule yeah. makes the, the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, even the likes of Jordan Henderson to a degree, yeah. um, was it that have to be given a chance? Because if that rule wasn't in place, would have Jordan Henderson been given a chance? Would they, if they looked somewhere abroad that got a bit cheap? I don't know if Henderson coming, I think, with about 8 million, but... Well, they've not been able to find like a workaholic somewhere else for two, three million. Yeah. You know, so there is some good rules that the FA could bring in, and it can only be governed fairly because that's throughout. That's not just Liverpool; that's every team. Yeah. So you know, if you if you've got Liverpool, Man United running everything, then they'll just play by their own rules, and that's just not fair. Yeah, no, and I under, I understand that, and there is there is good parts about the FA. Um, it's a famous saying that a broke clock is right twice a day. Um, and that's a bit like what the FA are like. But I think just before we finish this off and get the boys in to finish this discussion, I think one of the things, I think it's this is all what has come to a head. We know both as parents, we, we know how important it is to raise your kids right. And if you raise your kids right, you know that they'll be good, valuable members of society. In the, in the early 90s, the FA and the Premier League changed everything to, in order to be able to monetize the sport better. And they started on this trajectory of money coming before fashion, money becoming before fans, money coming before clubs. And they've basically raised spoiled, greedy football clubs. 
so they now can't cry poverty and and cry that they that what's going on and what's happening here when these greedy hungry money clubs are now deciding that they want all of their money as well it's like you've raised these this is what you've brought into the sport and this is what you have birthed and now you you're shocked because these clubs are turning on you because they want your money that's what you've started that's what you've done so it's all interesting, but we're gonna we're gonna take a little break, and uh, I think just to, to get our get our thoughts straight, and we're also gonna have, uh, Padraig and Matthew come on, uh, and we're gonna continue this debate, continue this discussion, uh, and also talk a little bit about we talk about these big clubs, we talk about everything that's gone on. We've also got to talk about the fact that Leeds came out yesterday, a club that isn't classed as a super club, and for a good. 45, 50 minutes, absolutely turned the pool over in that second half. So I think we're going to have to discuss that a little bit as well. But yeah. take a little break. So thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. All right, folks, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, as we promised, we've got two special guests. We've got Matthew and we've got Podrick here. Um, basically, so we've got Matthew, who we've had on before. Matthew Burgess, huge Liverpool fan, follows Liverpool home and away. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was at the stadium yesterday, putting all those banners up. And we've got um, our good friend Podrick, who hosts his own podcast, huge Liverpool fan, down in Cork. Um, but we're going to start with you, Matthew. Um, it's an obvious, easy question. Um, what are your thoughts on everything? And um, are you pro or anti-European Super League? I'm, I'm against not just the European Super League, which, um, just before we go any further, you have to, the way they trademark it, it's not European Super League, it's just the Super League. So it's clear that, um, and something that I put on Twitter from Bob Pace's 1983 autobiography, he saw a European Super League coming in back in 83, but he also mentioned about potentially seeing a World Super League. So I think that's where this was sort of heading, hence why they called it the Super League. So they weren't geo-locked. And I think the plans would have been, if this took off, to invite teams from sort of like South America, like your Boca Juniors, like your River Plates, um, to join it. But I think both this Super League and also the UEFA reforms are just absolutely stupid. Some of the normal, you know, some of the additional things that are coming there, you know, talks of legacy fans, you know, the likes of me and all the lads I know who go home in a way as well. They don't want us sort of people, you know, they want it to be like a franchise uh, and that really grates on me. It's, you know, for years I thought Liverpool fan, Liverpool don't want fans like me and that in the ground. If they could get away with selling 50,000 tickets to people who'd never been before, they would, if they could do that. Um, there's, Debate over obviously this loyalty that's being scrapped, you know, next season being scrapped and stuff. And cynically, I wonder it was that partially because they were trying to get through this and they were expecting this to sort of take off. Um, but yeah, generally, I'm against both both ideas. Um, for similar reasons, really. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I'm all for all for what you're saying. And um, we come to your project, obviously, buddy. Um, We've had discussions about it. We've been chatting about it. We've seen social media posts. And um, first of all, welcome to our podcast. Uh, big fan. Um, we we know you've been listening for a long time. So thank you so much for all the feedback that you've given us. Um, and welcome on. So um, the hot seat, hot seat is yours, buddy. No, oh, thanks, thanks a million, guys. Um, as I said earlier, Ammo is going to be a guest in my own podcast this week, and I mentioned in that the two of you have been inspiration to me setting up my own one. 
Um, even I really like your style and how you engage with people. And um, one thing I would give you great credit for is the fact that you know you're you're you're, you're you are uniting different communities in Northern Ireland at a time that is badly needed. You know, and I suppose having the Irish and British flags on your logo is a great sign of what you're trying to do. You know, so thank you, buddy. That. I don't think there's any real football fans of the top six that are happy about the European Super League. If they're not, they're not genuine fans in my book. You know, it's an absolute disgrace. And I just think I made a point earlier today on Facebook, I think you saw it, that the sign that this is purely about money and money only is that Manchester City, a club who's never even qualified, I would say the word qualified in black capitals for a European Cup or a Champions League final, I won the founding members. So go figure on that one. Like, you know, it's, it's kind Joke. of, that's a pure sign. Joke, yeah. Couldn't agree. They've underachieved in Europe in the last 10 years. They've gotten to, well, they might even play this. Well, the way things look in the semi final may not, or maybe going ahead now, but yesterday looked like it wasn't potentially. But the, the fact of that is, as we speak, they've played in one semi final in 10 years in the Champions League. It's a deplorable record for a club of, of their, investment you know it's incredible how, how badly they have achieved and I don't think that they deserve to be considered a leading like there's clubs that have won European Cups Ajax for instance have three European Cups like Celtic Porto Porto have two European Cups Nottingham Forest aren't even the same aren't even the main division anymore they have two European Cups so I think it's a, it's a kick in the teeth and a spit in the face for every other club that is not invited to the, to the European Super League, to be quite honest. You know. Paul, me and Danny were just saying before you guys come on that I had an argument today, and it was a really good argument, but across it was on radio, that this has been going on football for years. Like mm. The big clubs always want a big say, money rules a lot of things, and this is almost just because it's worded like this, and they've gone behind the club's backs. But everyone's having this uproar, but it's been going on for years. For example, you may... You've used Man City as an example, and they've dropped out tonight as Chelsea have. But they're the two main examples mm. of money being pumped into football, and they're not being at that elite level. And money's made them at that elite level. And now that they've got that money, they want more money. So it's all just fueled by money. We make good points, but I mean, could you see? And I'll bring you Mafia if you want to bring into this as well, buddy. Um, do you not think football's been like this for the last maybe 20, 30 years? Is it any? Is this so shocking, or is this just the kind of the cherry on top, the, the tip of the iceberg. It's just something that it's just sparkled the outrage. Um, what are your opinions, boys? Do you think that, in a way, this is just something that's come out that has let everyone start being open and honest and unite people? Or what do you think? Um, I, it's a byproduct, really, of where the commercialization of the game sort of transcended. Over the sort of last, you know, 30 since the breakaway in 92, which obviously our dear neighbours, Everton, who are, you know, this morning were, ple- you know, were pleading like being the good guys. But, you know, they were part of that breakaway. They were part of the big five as it was back then. You know, Man City, I don't even think they were in the top division at the time. Chelsea were generally like a mid- mid-table club, you know, almost, almost, you know, not even getting challenging anywhere near the night. Well, what would be a European place now, but what wasn't the European um, place back then because obviously the the bands that were in for the English clubs as well at the time but it's just every year it gets crazier and crazier 
from some section and it's always about money. UEFA's reforms is all about them making more money. You mm. see managers like Jürgen Klopp, you see Pep Guardiola saying, look, there's too many fixtures. And what is their plan? Their plan is to basically their own Super League where you're guaranteed 10 matches. They're guaranteed an extra 100 matches, which means they can charge more to TV. Yeah. So they get more money. It's nothing to do with the game or them. It's money. And in effect, that's where I think the Super League came from. Because I think they were like, well, actually, hold on. Yours is going to be Super League, but you're getting more money. But we're not going to see any of that money. And I think that was that's really where it's like a game of chess. And it was just sort of seeing like whose pawns would fall first. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of where, where we're at. And I think, you know, you, it's been a slow, slow, steady decline over, you know, over many years. So, you you know, you've gone from like Liverpool. They abandoned the old charter. You had the charter where Liverpool had two, you know, two years for every home shirt. You know, when we got to Warrior coming in 2012, that went out the window. Mm. You know, probably one of the last clubs that, you know, that didn't do that. We, we, we are, you know, this commercialisation of the game, it's gone worldwide. It's, it's obviously seen benefits when you look at the stadium, the pitches, you know, the source of talent you see in our English game. But, and now it's reaching that sort of bubble where it's about to burst, and you know you just you wonder where is it, where is it going to head next? Because this has been mooted for years, you know, whether when it would actually happen. And now we're just sort of you know we're at that point where it's like clearly we don't want this, but the problem is you can't just go against this now. This has to be the start of a revolution. We have to go after UEFA, FIFA, the FA. And get the game back to what it was, you know, back for the working class, back for the man, you know, not 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 who's got the most money. That it has to be back. back it's going to take back. a long time to do something like that, though, isn't it? Really, and is that is that not the point, though, to a certain degree, in terms of looking at some sort of, like looking at that devil devil's advocate point of view? Is that not the point that? As you said, and you know a lot more than me, Matthews, have been talking about it in terms of the change to the Champions League and the fact that it's all been changed and moved for next season so that UEFA can skim more money off the top, create more fixtures and different things like this. So is not the start of this Super League, basically these teams, the only teams really with the money and the power to be able to do something like this, turning around and saying to the UEFA and to FIFA, stuff use, we're going to try and take control of it. And actually in doing that is actually creating more money for our clubs to be able to have more transfers rather than it going into UEFA to line other people's pockets. Does it not actually do us a little bit of a favour this league coming about? Not if you look at recent um, FSG's way towards transfers and stuff. So mm. obviously got a clear blueprint, a clear transfer plan. You know, all these people who, you know, the, the minority who were in support were like, oh, this money we can finally buy Mbappe Hall. And this was being talked about before the Super League anyway. Mm. But you see the way we went after a centre-back. You know, we we tried, we, we, you know, we weren't wanting to stump any real money up. We were trying to do it on the cheap. And you see, like, when Lovren left, we should have got someone in, even if it weren't like, uh, you know, not like a Ruben Diaz, because we're not sissy. You know, it's always about winning you know, means, but actually that money was probably just going to end up in F- FSG's pockets yeah. as opposed to any, you know, actually seeing it in the club. Yeah, we've got the main stand. We're looking at the Anfield Road stand. We've got this fantastic training complex. They're all fantastic. But when you start seeing the club gradually, you know, we've seen the troubles with obviously the club's form this year. And you just wonder if, if FSG 
with the money that they're obviously getting. They've obviously had another investment from LeBron James and Redbird as well. So it's not like they're short for cash, but this it just seems like, so if they're getting all this money in, are they realistically going to push it into the club? Or is it all part of their long sort of game where they'll do the, what they need to do to increase their return and then they can sell the club and take all that money with them? Well, Matthew, good point there to say. I mean, I think one thing we can all agree on is it's all down to money. You made a good point there, Matthew, about the bubble bursting. Um, Patrick, would you that would you think that this right now, Super League, Europe, whatever you want to call it, do you think this is what is happening in front of our eyes all over the world? What one thing I will say before I come over to you, Patrick, is that it's very rare that football takes over national news. They always have a section of sport, but this is literally taking over. You know, the government have been chatting about it, taking over everything. So are you are you agreeing with kind of what Matthew said? The bubbles bursting. Is this what's happening, um, Patrick? Yeah, I suppose just to go back to the, just your earlier point there, you were saying about um, you know how the game has changed. Is this just an extension of what has been happening for the last thirty years? And I suppose the the outrage that Gary Neville had on Sky when he works for a company that has you know obviously was benefited greatly from a breakaway. Um, and you could argue the working class fans have been priced over the game over the last 30 years yeah. but I think the main reason I think that kind of makes this breakaway even worse than that is no promotion or relegation do you know what I mean it's a closed shop essentially do you know what I mean so I think that's kind of um, that would be the key, that would be the key difference for me mm-hmm. like and it's elitist at the end of the day like you know we were saying that before. It's basically the MLS, isn't it? It's basically just a, a yeah. world version of the MLS league. You buy your way in, you never come out of it. The but the best team, so to speak, always playing to to create the best fan base, to create the most money. Yeah. Well, look. One thing, one good thing that has come out of this over the last four hours, as you said, there's unified practically the fans of rival clubs. Like there's one particular. Um, may not have found a regular spats with on Facebook. There is a friend of mine with regular spats, but the two of us are completely united 100% about this, you know, and it's just great to see like Liverpool, United fans, City fans uniting together and up in arms against it. So, I'm kind of thinking, so you know, we're recording this on Tuesday evening and this developing situation is developing like, you know, yeah. by the minute almost. Um, yeah. Do you feel as two huge Liverpool fans? So we, we've got a bit of everything here. So take me and Danny out of the equation completely. Matthew, you follow Liverpool home and away. All right. Probably you've been to Liverpool quite a few times to yeah. go to matches, loads of times. Mm-hmm. And you've got the love for Liverpool. I would say as strong as Matthew, but you live in a completely different country. Do you think now, and using use two football fans as an example, you aren't on this podcast for the sake of it. You're on this podcast because you're two huge Liverpool fans. Do you think in the next coming hours, Liverpool need to follow suit and follow Chelsea and City and drop out of it. And if they don't, as quickly as you can, if they don't, what would be the repercussions? So I'll come first to you, Patrick, and then we'll go to Matthew. Okay. Well, the point I'll be making about that is at, at the time, at the time of night, quarter ten, why haven't they done so already? Why, why haven't they done it ten minutes after Chelsea and Man City did? That would be my argument, 100%. I would hope that they follow suit and get out ASAP. And by the as this the clock ticks on, the let the more time to take over announcing it, the worse they're looking. Yeah, I totally well what were you, Matthew? Do you agree? Yeah, for me, um, just again, when you look at um I don't know obviously if you guys have seen it, but all of the players 
have basically gone against the Super League. So Henderson, Robertson, Adrian, everyone has come out with a little statement against the Super League as a, as a team. Now, that shouldn't have had to have come out, you know, by time Chelsea had already said they were going, we should have pulled up a front. If you look into it, and a lot of what's being whispered is, obviously, Liverpool and Man United were the biggest people behind us. They were the biggest, drivers, along with that Perez fella from Real Madrid. It's literally there. It was literally those, um, you know, they were the sorts of things. Um, they were the ones behind it. And it just feels to me like, they're, they'll they'll go as far as they can until they literally have no choice. You know, our players are speaking out now and it just makes a mockery of FSG. If they want a chance to save their relationship with the fans, they need to do something very, very rapid because they've made, I'll say cock-ups in the past, misinformed choices, shall we say. That's probably the best word to describe it. You know, and we've seen the reaction of the supporters. You know, I was part of those that walked out in 2016 about, you know, Sunderland at the £77 tickets. Yeah. I was, I, you know, I was one of those that walked out and, you know, the next day they did it. They held their hands up. They tried trademarking, you know, the club's name, uh, the, the, the issues with the furlough. Shortly after they came, that blueprint for turning supporters into customers. So this isn't their first gaffe, but it's probably their biggest and probably the hardest they could possibly try and recover. Mm. And if they have any chance of saving some sort of face, then they need to, you know, in the next sort of like couple of hours, they need to come out and say, look, we were wrong. Sorry, we're pulling out. The longer the silence, the more deafening, the more the more obvious it becomes that, you know, they, they will do whatever they can to line their own pockets and... Yeah. You know, the rumoured protest for Saturday, which was against the Super League, which now looks like it doesn't have to be about the Super League. There's still talks on social media that this will now turn into FSG out. Mm. Well, potentially. And I mean, just a famous famous saying that's been going around. um, Liverpool Football Club built by Shanks and um, destroyed by Yanks. So, you know, we all know what went on with the previous owners and um, we won't go into that. But boys, we... Obviously, we haven't got all the talent in the world. We wish we did. We could sit here all night. Um, but I'm going to ask all three of you. I'm going to start with my good friend, Danny, first of all. Um, I'm going to be devil's advocate here, like Danny's been a little bit during the show here. So I'm going to put an argument across, and I just want to kind of quick yes or no answer. Let's say, and we we as football fans are fickle. There's no getting out, no getting out of it, all right? Let's say Liverpool were to play in this Super League or European Super League as it was. Okay. Let's say they don't drop out. Would you and let's say let's say that Liverpool Football Club um start letting fans back in the stadium because of the pandemic. Would you guys boycott Liverpool and not be a supporter? Or would you still be a supporter? And by that I mean would you pay a ticket to go and watch Liverpool or would you completely refuse to do that? So in as quick quick as you can, guys. So I'll come to Danny first. Um, how do you feel, mate? Would you do that or not? I think it's I think it's impossible to still not have feelings for the club. I'd still love the club. I, I still love watching Liverpool and all the rest of it. But would I be buying the merchandise? Would I be paying the extortion of prices for tickets and stuff like that? No, I wouldn't. Fair enough, mate. And uh, to you, uh, Podrick? I'd like to I'd like to say that I wouldn't, but after six or seven months, I probably would. Being honest, mm. I probably would still go. And then you, Matthew, what about you? Would you? Would you? 
You all know me that I get, you know, how much I travel. So, um, I, you know, this last horse, fit, you know, 13 months has killed me. So I, I'd love to be able to say, no, I'd take a stand. But I think realistically, the fact that I just want to be there would, would take over. It's, you know, it's like a drug. Yeah, well, there you go. So this is a little bit of the kind of the arrogance of these owners. They might not know fans, you know, the, the way they do, but they, but they do know is that people will pay money to get in. And uh, it's one of them. So Well, guys, yeah, um, we just paused the show there because we've got breaking news which Danny's going to give us here. Yeah, so one of Liverpool's sponsors, Tribus, has pulled out of their sponsorship of Liverpool because of their involvement in the European Super League. As we said before, this is a it's an ongoing situation. Things are going to change over the next coming days. And so I'm, I'm one of those who is a believer that this league is never, ever going to happen. But the repercussions are going to be massive for the clubs, for the fans, for, for everything to do with the Premier League, football and even further afield. And this is just the first the first of many signs of that happening. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a developing situation. And we will have an update if anything happens. Um, Pardew and Mackie, thank you so, so, so much for coming on. Um, it's been amazing we'll both get you on again um, thank you so much we're going to get you on in a couple of weeks Padre, to mention your your podcast as well and Matthew obviously don't be a stranger buddy and we still plan to do match day reports hopefully sometime in the future um, we've had everything on the show we've had former Liverpool players we've had former European Cup winners we've had musicians and um, what we haven't had is breaking news during the show that took me back but there you go um, what I will say is in my opinion Thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield World. But we'll say, and I want to end on this, the power of the people is greater than the people and the power. Yeah. <laughs> that was crap. Uh, That's not the story. Keep that in. Keep it in. It's greater than the people and power. <laughs> there you go. Next goes stories, so lad. It's been brilliant. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. All right, folks. Well, we we we've come back another day on this podcast because of what's going on over the last few days. It's a bit mental. So we're coming on for five minutes or so here just to discuss the the latest developments. And this is now just after four o'clock on Thursday afternoon. Um. So yeah, there could be a lot happen after this. But here we are, Danny. I mean, <laughs> it's like like the biggest story in the world for like two days. And I was like, oh, do, do you remember that Super League? It's it's done and gone. <laughs> I was just joking off, you know, um, off air. I've had their longer nights out, you know. <laughs> it's like, what, what's going on? It's, it's stupid, isn't it? Like, as I didn't expect it to be as quick as it was, as I said at, at the start of this podcast, which was actually two days ago. Um, like, I, I, I thought it was never going to happen, but I didn't expect it to fold so quickly. And as always, just like in the Premier League, it spares the Kamaus having shot themselves in the foot and absolutely <laughs> done a nightmare. Because they've went and sacked the manager because of it and everything, and then actually it's like, oh, actually, yeah, it was a bad idea. It's like, oh, now you've got no manager just before the the Carabao Cup final, you gang of dopes. So like, for me, Tottenham are the ones who have lost out the most. One because they shouldn't have been in, in the first place, and two, they've went and sacked the manager because of it. So there's stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, the funny thing about it, you see all this stuff going on, on social media, and uh, Arsenal, Tottenham, Tottenham are playing the whole card. Oh well. We- we just wanted to join them because we didn't get left behind, you know. It's like it's like being at school when when, when the wee thug does something wrong, 
and, and I, the week three people standing behind, like just claim innocence. It's like catches up. You were there. You done it. Yeah. Admit it. Liverpool. You know that 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 statement from John Henry was embarrassing. Yeah. But I mean, I am not of this. Or like everyone hates him now and wants him out, and that's fair enough. But I'm of the four four process. Like at least they apologised. You know, and he, he was managed to do it. United released a statement. He'd done it. You know, personal. So. Fair enough, but yeah, I mean, Spurs are just it's just becoming more of a laughing stock, and it's like all the all the all the things going around social media just taking the mic out the Spurs for even being in it. But I mean, it looks like Liverpool and United with a with a pile of the, the two big clubs behind it with the Real Madrid and Barcelona. So it seems like you know it doesn't look good for for them or for the Liverpool owners at the moment. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the thing is I think John Henry has come out, and there will always be controversy about it. I, I thought. It was decent that he came out, made a video uh, and sort of publicly apologised to everyone, publicly apologised to Jürgen and the players and stuff who got caught up in it. Um, and I think that's decent. And that's going to be the discussion over the next few weeks. Do do people forgive him or do they not? For me personally, like everyone makes mistakes. And as I said at the start of the pod, I can see, I can see why they've done it. I can see the business reason of why they'd want to do it and not have UEFA take more and more money off them every season. But at the same time, it, it done nothing for football. It done nothing for like competition. It done nothing for the fans. It only really made us worse off again than, than what we have been in previous years. Um. So yeah, but but at the end of the day, I said I can see why he done it. It was a business decision, and I can see why they made that mistake. But like, I think it's gonna it's gonna be hard for me. As I said, you, I remember what Liverpool were like before FSG came in, and I remember us being on our knees. And for me, he's done a lot for the club. And I, and I think there's got to be a time where we say, right, let's see what he does. Let's see how he makes it up to the fans. Let's see how he makes it up to the club. And you can't just you can't just write the guy off based on one decision. I know that that's kind of our culture now is that you do one thing wrong. And we live in a, a, can, a cancel culture sort of society yeah. at the minute. But you've got to give the guy a chance to rectify himself. Like. Well, as I say, all this revamp for the Champions League as well has come out. So this talk that maybe it was just like... A, it was, you know, they knew this would happen and it's just kind of to get more money in the pockets. Which, hey, listen, I'm sure we'll discuss on further pods. But, I mean, the European Super League, uh, the, 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 what was nearly to the end of the football. But, as I say, I, I couldn't say it right a few days ago, but, yeah, the power of the people is greater than the people in power. And uh, it, 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 it come You're out there. That? Yeah, we're practising. <laughs> <laughs> All day. Um, and I'm just happy that, you know, I wouldn't say common sense because it's not common sense, but this is you know this is a, a debate that we can have forever. But mm. you mentioned there, Danny, business decisions. Football clubs shouldn't be run by like businesses, you know, and that's where the you know if anyone hasn't um, heard the John Barnes rant on Talk Sport, I would seriously advise him to listen to it because you know he makes a good point, and this is Danny's point in previous pods and kind of a little bit on this podcast was that you're just saying okay, so you're taking the the, the power and the uh, the way they're treating fans like puppets away from the clubs, yeah. But it's still UEFA and FIFA and the Premier League and the EFL that you know are doing that now, so they're in charge. And some weird rules of some weird rules and regulations have come out regarding the Champions League over the last few days. And I think there's more to come on this, so I'm sure when we familiarize ourselves with it and you know, as the season goes along and stuff, um, we'll have a discussion on that. But yeah, in the meantime, all I can say, folks, is that you know it's it was quick. It was a, it was a quick relationship. It was a quick fling. It was like a holiday romance. The European Super League <laughs> 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 over and done with. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I've nothing else to say except for it's a it's a bit funny, you know. What I will say is, if people that aren't football fans or anyone ever listens to this podcast and they're thinking, "Oh, football is football," that the fact that you've got politicians like Boris Johnson getting involved, it just goes to show that football is whether we like it or not. It's just more than the sport of two teams playing each other. It's it's got such a reach in the world and in you know in the island of Ireland and England everywhere that. We, we, football fans can't be unnoticed. Football itself can't be unnoticed. And um, for everyone else to think so crazy to be, to be football fans, you know, not many sports could have this impact on everything. Like, it's taken over the world for three days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't say much more except it was funny. It, it's kind of overdone it now, isn't it? Yeah, I think the best way, the best thing I've seen about it over the last couple of days is that the, the European Super League was basically like a lad's night out before you'd ask your missus if you're allowed out. That's basically what it was. And, and that's what it came out. <laughs> yeah. All, 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 all these great intentions. You're gonna do this. You're gonna do that. And it's like, eh, eh. yeah. Peter says no. <laughs> there you go. Oh, funny, funny, funny. Maybe we should put that to our uh, our respective partners, and, and and they'll understand it more. Because me and Danny got a bit of flack on social media because we were trying to explain to our partners who just didn't give one toss whatsoever, <laughs> which is quite funny. It's one of the highlights of my week. Girlfriend comes on, fiance comes on, sorry, after a 12 hour shift, and I, I'm nursing and I'm going, I'm going on to her about the European Super League. And she just kept saying, Have you finished it? It's just over you. And I'm like, But you don't understand. Like, this is big. She didn't think it was too. But there you go, anyway. Listen, folks, it, it's been funny. This is just a, a quick update to the pod, just so it wasn't dated for our uh, listeners on Strabam Radio Online and Sports Iranian Media. So, in the meantime, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.